Previously on Wove Inspiration. I went through a natural disaster. My family and I went through Katrina. My son was seven years old. We lost everything. Mm. But all was not lost. Mm. Everything that I went through, I want I want women to know that everything you go through, don't look at it as something that you can't come up from. Mm-hmm. I want women to know that you can come up. This is Wove Inspiration. Here to inspire, encourage, and uplift. Well, good morning, good morning. This is Althea with Wove Inspiration's Monday morning motivation. And once again, I am super excited about my guest today because she is also one of the co-authors for I Am a Black Woman, the book. And as y'all, if y'all haven't listened to the previous interviews and y'all don't know by now, I am super excited about this book and super excited that I'm able to interview the individuals that have participated in this project. So I am welcoming this morning, Coach Patricia Johnson. She is, where are you from, uh, Patricia? I'm originally from New York City, and I am now in St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, so I recognize the the the, the accent, New York, and and but uh, we had talked earlier as well about uh, St. Louis, but we, we're not going to take up too much time on that because we can talk about that all day. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So um, I'm going to actually call you pastor because you are pastor too. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I'm, I, I got to give props where, where it's due. So Pastor Patricia Johnson, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, um, when I say... I'm every woman. I believe that I am. I believe that when God created us all, that we have everything inside of us that we need to succeed. And so when I created um, the people with vision, um, actually, it was never people with vision. It was women of vision. And I started a small group back in 2007 at my church home. And um, it was such an awesome group. I loved it. I mean, it was so challenging to me that I just really didn't understand where God was taking me. And so I just wanted to do a small little group where women would be able to come and air out their problems outside of the church. I'm talking about the children acting up, the dog, the the husband, you know, the grocery store. Those experiences I wanted to talk about outside of uh, on uh, more of an on a natural level than on a spiritual level, because we know that we could talk in the Bible all day, but until we learn how to walk this thing out, it's no sense in quoting these scriptures if we're not able to live them. And I truly believe that I was Sarah. I was the unbeliever. I've been the Ruth. I've been the Naomi. I'm the older woman that leads the younger woman and tell them how to get the prize. I'm the younger woman following the older woman, trying to learn how to get the prize. So as I learned how to smell the streets of Jerusalem and I learned how to walk 
those roads um, of despair, of destruction, of hurt and pain, I learned that we as women needed a safe place to talk. Yeah. And God allowed me to start this small little group um, in, in um, Joshua House Ministries in St. Louis, Missouri. And as I started the group, you know, of course, with any position, there's opposition. Mm-hmm. And being that it was a family church, I believe that I had a lot of opposition. Right. And so when I finally um, kept going, kept going, kept going, my mom passed in 2008. I was broken. Um, at that point, I sat down. I refused to do anything because that was my cheerleader. That was all I had. As time went on, I realized that, you know, God kept calling me. I, I kept feeling the nudges and the nudges. And if I went to the Walmart, I was preaching. If mm-hmm. I went around the corner, I was preaching. And I could feel the, the calling in my belly, but I was trying to keep it at bay. I didn't want to do it. I felt like um, everything that could have happened was happening. Um, I, I didn't know what to do with that calling. I just did not want to be bothered with it. So I kept denying the calling. And as I learned, I began to start teaching. And as I taught, I started learning. So I believe in the Maya Angelou, when you learn, you teach. Mm -hmm. And I began to feel that thing. And I became everything that God called me to be, and I'm still becoming and evolving. So my hats come on and off at all times. You know, I believe that as Jesus said, he said, I am, I am a mother. I'm, I'm a father to the orphans. I'm a, I'm a brother. I'm a sister. He said, I'm everything. I'm all things to all men, but I've only went some to me. Mm-hmm. And I had to live that thing as I was broken, as I was hurt, as I was in, in, in my worst state. I still had to be what God called me to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so now when you say, tell me a little bit about, I believe that um, there is no little bit. Every little bit counts. Every every broken heart in my, that I've, every hardship, every situation, all of it is who I am. It all made me stronger. It all makes me every woman. So I'm the woman that know how to hang up a picture. I'm the woman that know how to live without uh, a ring on my finger. I'm the woman that knows how to, you know, have the broken heart when your children not acting right. I'm the woman that knows how to go to work and be, you know, um, the secretary, be the, the counselor, be the whatever you tell me to be. But I do know one thing, the number one hat that I wear is servant. Hey, yes, ma'am. So that is who I am. I am a servant of the Most High. I am a person that has been through the streets, smelt the streets, walked the streets, been up the alley, down the alley, but God. Should have been dead, could have been dead, would have been dead, but God. The person that was, you know, stepped over, stepped on, stomped on, jumped on, but guess what? But God. So December 16th, this year, I will, if God says the same, and I know he will, because he ain't bringing me this far to leave me. So I will have 39 years free from drugs up the streets, heroin, cocaine, um, methadone, um, you name it, I've had it, cigarettes, uh, 
uh, cocaine, smoking it, sniffing it, snorting it, everything but shooting it. I've done it. I've had acid, angel dust, um, anything that was out. You know, I never liked swallowing pills, you know, so pills and drinks and, and, and needles was about the only thing that I could honestly say, but I was way above all that in the streets of Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. So I'm still evolving. I'm still evolving, um, Miss, Miss Althea, and I'm growing. And I'm in the capacity that I'm making room to grow. I'm making room to know who I am. Because I don't never want to put a period where God is for the comma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly going. And I, I don't put out who I am because I don't know who I am yet. Yes. I'm I'm a learner until the day I die. But who I present myself as is a servant mm-hmm. of the most high. Amen. Amen. Who I walk in the room as is the least <laughs> in the room. I don't oh, walk in with no big hats. I yeah. walk in as the least because he said, when you've done it unto the least, you've done it unto me. Mm-hmm. So I like to think that I myself as the least as I walk in, but yet I still walk in with the confidence of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And see, what's, what's, what's interesting is what you just said, you, you're a servant, and you just were, were continuously growing and learning. I am forever growing and learning because I, I get excited about the new adventures that God has. And so when I stand before God, I want him to say, well done, my faithful, my good and faithful servant, because I have done everything that I was supposed to do. Empty me yep. out, Lord, please. Empty me out until I, I've done everything that you purposed me to do in this lifetime. Hey. Girl, you don't start at something now. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, yes, come God on. Yes. That's, that's me, a fire starter. You know, yes. I told you my coaching business is reigniting your fire, not mine, but my, your fire. Well, that has definitely got me started again. Here we go. So, and yes. you are a part, perfectly a part of this major, awesome book by Dr. or principal author by Dr. Carolyn Steffens. The book is entitled, I Am a Black Woman. Tell me about how did you get involved in this project? One day I was strolling through, um, which I usually don't stroll, so I know it was God. I was going through some, um, some, some little rough times and as a pastor here in St. Louis, Missouri, I just have to put it out there. I have never been afraid to say it. I am not very well taken. Mm-hmm. I am very unpolished when it comes to being the typical pastor. I don't wear the hats. I don't wear the long dresses. I don't wear a whole lot of things. I don't do what they all do because God called me out from amongst that. Yeah. So, um, when I say I look very much like what I'm supposed to represent, which is the streets from where I came from, so that I may be able to be able to um, connect, mm-hmm. because I realize that these children need somebody to connect to. These youngest, these broken, these hurting, even the adults need somebody to connect to. So one day I was actually strolling through, and I was just, I was just 
um, of deleting a lot of people that meant me no good. I was like, why do I keep connecting to people that, you know, don't mean me any good? And I just won't connect to other people that I don't know. How will I get to know other people if I don't allow these other people to get to know me? You have to first present yourself friendly before you make friends. Yes. So even though it's a Facebook thing, you know, I decided to let a few people in on my page. And as I began to start looking through some things, you know, just the name doctor intimidated me. I was like, oh, she's a doctor, you know. <laughs> but I realized she was from Brooklyn, New York. Yes. And I was like, oh, let me talk to the doctor. Maybe I can lay on her couch, you know, and let all this mess out of me. And... From that moment on, I started following her movements, and I, 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 she friended me, and we friended each other, and there were a few more people, quite a few, that were from New York that had been sitting in my friend list that had friended me, and I never did respond. So I started letting in a few people that I didn't know, and, you know, as time grew, I started reading a few of their little captions, and I started looking at what they were doing, and I was like, wow, she's she's writing a book, you know? And with me being a life coach, that's what I've been told over and over again. You know, you need to have a book. You need to be an author. You need to have something for the people. Maybe if you put something together, then people will buy it and blah, blah. And I was like, I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. But then when it's said collaboration, I said, no, I could do that because I don't have to write a whole book. I just got to write some of the book. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a portion. So I was looking through her thing, and she was having – this this the uh, she had a glam squad down there for the this the first level the um the women that um wrote the first book so I'm on the next level we're on the second part of it okay. so as I started reading I said oh okay she has a nice little thing so she started inboxing me and we got to know each other we knew some people from New York that we knew and like and we just started a relationship a sistership. And so she said, you know, I'm getting ready to launch this book, and I would really love for you to be a part of it. But I was like, eh, nah. So about a week later, there were a few women that were supposed to be in the book that couldn't make it to Atlanta for the for the um, for the uh, glam shots and for the pictures. So she was asking other women to collaborate with each other, to get each other, you know, down there, stay with each other. They need a hotel to buddy up, a buddy system. So I said, well, I ain't going and I don't know them, but I'll contribute because I'm a giver. I've always been a giver. Mm-hmm. So I contribute a um, couple of dollars, you know, so that some of the ladies could have, you know, uh, an airfare or whatever they needed. And I just gave out of my ministry. And she said, wow. And she was like, thank you so much. And from that point on, I guess I earned her trust and we began to build and build and build. And we began to build a little bit more to the friendship. She became like an aunt to my daughter. And we just started really, really uh, connecting. So then when she told me, she said, listen, I need you to be in my second level. But, you know, I really see that you're doing great things in St. Louis and I get you. And it seems that, you know, we get each other. I would love for you to be a part of this book. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how, because I had been watching her, and I really didn't want to be a part of no books, but I had already wrote two books day downstairs in my basement. <laughs> and I was like, but I don't want to be an author, you know. And next thing I know, we became very, very cohesive. And um, 
God began to use her to, you know, speak into my daughter's life, speak into my life. We did a couple of lives together, and um, I started really, you know, listening and faith coming by hearing. And yeah. the faith just kept rising, rising and rising and rising that this was a great thing. This was what I had been seeking and searching for all the time when I was here begging people to be my friend. He said, why do it have to be in St. Louis? Why do your friends have to be in St. Louis? Why can't the women that I put in your life be from a various, a, a, a midriff of places? Why can't they just come from different parts of the world? <laughs> and at that point in time, I believe that that was the connection I needed. And um, ever since then, I've been a part of the I Am a Black Woman um, movement and level two, uh, um, level Next level, next level is what it's called. Yes, yes, okay. So a lot of the women that are participating in this project, they have different stories. Everyone has a different story, but what would you say the the foundation of I am the I am a black woman would be, even though everyone has a different story, everyone has different experiences, there's one common thing that all of the women that are participating have. So what would you say that would be? I would say the cohesiveness is the strength of a black woman. Yes. The strength to come and endure, the endurance of a black woman. The strength, the endurance, and the cohesiveness is what, the, is what makes us so powerful because when we look at each other, we don't look like what we've been through. Yes. And we have endured so much that when we see each other, we just want to hold each other and, and, and just cry it out because we finally realize somebody sees us. Mm -hmm. yeah. Somebody gets me. Somebody understands my pain. So I wasn't um, just a fool in love. Somebody else been there. I wasn't just a mother that had, you know, uh, baby kids. Somebody else has been there. I wasn't calling myself a bad parent, and do I was doing the best I could. I wasn't just another black woman on the street on welfare. You know, I, I, I actually wanted to be off of welfare. I actually wanted to do better. I actually was craving and praying that there was a way out. I wasn't just collecting a check. I wasn't just living in a loveless marriage. So the endurance of it is what I would say um, is, is the cohesiveness, the strength that it took for us to get up and show up every day, even in the midst of the pain. <laughs> Ooh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. So you are also, you had mentioned earlier, you are the owner of Reigniting Your Vision. So tell me a little bit about your organization for that. Well, Reigniting Your Vision is the profitable side of the, the uh, people with vision. Mm -hmm. So I started what, what was going on was as a pastor. You know, a multitude of people come in your office every day if you have an office or call you, and they want to tell you all of their problems, and they want to really, really allow you to help them, and they want you to 
walk them through the steps and want you to pay their bills and you want, you know, a lot of them come in there with the idea that you can fix them is what I'm trying to say. Right. And I realized that as, as I was doing that, God was saying, how are you in my way? That's not your job. That's my job. <laughs> my blood is, is sufficient. My strength is made great in their weakness. So who are you to try to build them up? You feed them my word and let them feast off my word and allow me to do the work. Yeah. So one day I was watching um, Tony Robbins, which I really like. And then Lisa Nichols came on all these life coaches that was talking about, oh, if you want an audience, you want to be, you want to be a better speaker. And I was thinking maybe my speech just isn't right. Maybe that's why I'm not getting any calls from the pastoral side like I want to be, you know, like I like I wanted to be. But I was finding myself constantly using a pulpit in Walmart, in Target, in Kmart. In, in any store, in any grocery store, in any place I could set up a conversation with somebody about their pain, God was showing me how to speak life into them. Mm. Okay. And how to share my story and not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I started looking for programs that were life uh, coaching programs. And as I started looking for those, it was, you know, a lot of them were really, really expensive. Mm -hmm. And I finally found one that would, was pretty decent in pricing. And I said, you know what, I'm going to take her up on this and just see what techniques that she has that I could possibly look for. Because I, one thing I learned, there is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing that your mama said, I didn't say it, that we didn't say it tonight that we can't find this scripture in the Bible. That's right. We just have to find the practical principle to it. Because how do you practice that word that's in the Bible? Because we've heard it before. Yeah. It's just now we have to put the word on top of it to make it secure. We have to make sure that the word is what's changing people and not our opinion. Right, exactly. So as I begin to learn the word, a little bit more and got more and more first, but not just knowing the word, practicing the word. God gave me the practical principles for Coach Pete, which which was part of the reigniting your vision. And I realized that once I started coaching people, as you know, which is what I was doing as a pastor, pretty mm -hmm. much, and I started charging. Oh, everybody! All of a sudden, now they didn't want to talk. <laughs> so they wanted your time, they wanted your advice, they wanted the word, but it wasn't worth your time and your work mm -hmm. and your value. So I, God said, now, now, now you're on the right track because he said, your gift shall make room for you. So as a gift, I didn't even know it was a gift. People started telling me, girl, you really, oh, my God, you what you said, oh, you just started something, and they were doing all that. You didn't got me back on fire and all this stuff. So I started to reignite in your vision because as soon as I said it out my mouth, the, sp the Spirit of the Lord said that the cares of this world is what puts out our life. Mm-hmm. 
the cares of this world, we come in lit up like a Christmas tree. We come in ready to go. But then here comes the men. Here comes the, the molestation. Here comes the pain. Here comes the bullying. And as we go along life and the husbands and the children, the light gets a little bit dimmer. Yeah. But he, we come here with not a dollar in a dream, but we come here with a vision and a purpose. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And the cares of the world just snuffs it out. And we have to realize how do we ignite that again? And God said, that's the word right there I don't want you to use again. Because you can't ignite what, what you can't ignite what was never there. Yes. I put it in them. So what you're going to help do is reignite their vision. They already had a vision and a purpose because he said, for I know the plans I have for you, and they ought to prosper you and not of harm. So if he already put a vision inside of us, and people say, I ain't never really had no purpose. I ain't never really had. I said, when you was a little girl, what did you dream about? Right. And then they would start telling me, and they would realize, yes, that right there, what happened to it? Yeah. What happened to that little girl right there? What happened to you that you stopped dreaming? What happened? See, it's not gone. It's just buried under the life, under the cares of this world. It's just buried under some trash and some rubbish, some gossip. It's just buried under those things. <laughs> and once I make them understand what I'm trying to say when I say I'm not going to ignite you, I'm going to reignite, because only God gets, puts us on fire for real. His word is the ignition. Right. And his blood is the power. So I just come along and have them dig again through all of that trash and rubble and then pull out those things that they said they wanted to do Mm -hmm. And then we try them against the word of God. Is it profitable? Yeah. Is it something that God would find pleasing? Then that may be your purpose or that may be your pivotal point. That might be your point where you get started. That don't mean it has to be where you end. Right. But you had a fire in your belly before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And something happened. Yeah. So that, that started pretty much at the same time that the people with vision. But the one, the funny thing about people with vision, I was women of vision for at least, oh, my God, five or six years. Right? Mm -hmm. About five or six years. Operating with only women. I didn't want to be bothered with men. I was like, mm, no, I don't want to be bothered with that. I'll talk to the women. They broke it. I want to talk to the women. I helped a gentleman one day, and, I, you know, I would help men every once in a while with a dollar or two, but one day I helped get a gentleman into a um, recovery house, and he had to pay a fee to get in, and it just so happened I went ahead in our organization and I pulled it out, and I, I wasn't certified then. I was not a nonprofit. I was just a name, mm -hmm. and... After I did that, a woman, a, a good friend of mine called me and she said, hey, did you know that the colleges actually help put together 5013C, the law colleges, you can go to a law college, put your name on the list, and all you have to do is pay the fees, but they'll put the paperwork together. Oh, wow. 
Okay. And I said, oh, that's awesome. So she said, you are still women of vision, right? She said, because I know I came to one of your events and I loved it. She said, I would love to be on your board. Why don't you think about doing nonprofit? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, that's a good idea. And so we started talking about it. I got on the list in October. I helped the gentleman in November and then January. By the time I got called in December, we had to switch our name from women of vision to people with vision because God said, I want you to serve all my people. Amen. Amen. Not just one certain kind. There are a multitude of people out here hurting because how can you help the woman that got to go back home to a broken home? Yeah. Wow. She has to go back to being abused, go back to being beaten. So if you help the head of the household, Mm -hmm. which should be the man, you help her, you help the children, you help the neighborhood, you help the community, you help the neighbors, you've helped the community, a city, a country, and a block, or whatever. Yes. But you've become international now. All of those connections, every single And, and that's exactly, and he said, as long as you can do that, then I will take you everywhere you need to go to do the things that you need to do. Because as long as I was women of vision trying to connect with other women that didn't want to connect with me, then I was afraid to move Yeah. because I didn't look like them. But now that I know I can connect, God has connected me with youth, with middle, middle-aged school kids, teenage kids, uh, young mothers that are unwed, mothers with a thousand kids, mothers with one kid, mothers that have lost kids, mothers that have been broken, beaten, battered, abused, conversation-wise, verbally, mentally, emotionally, physically, substance use disorders, mental health. He said, oh, no, you're going to help my people. Yes. Not you. You're not just going to help women. Amen. Amen. And the moment that we changed the name, the next month we were five hundred one three C nonprofit organization. <laughs> that is awesome. Ain't, God, ain't that God? That is awesome. Ain't nobody but God. Ain't nobody put that together but God. So time is wow. <laughs> I know I'm gonna I may have to start changing my, my the length of, of of my interviews because every time that I set it for thirty and we get in good in conversation, time is just flying by really fast. But real quick, I just I want your your opinion or your thought on where do you see women or I am a black woman. Uh, the the movement, where do you see it going? Let's say from a, a year from now, where do you see it? Oh, my God. <laughs> I see conferences. I see movies. I see books. I see more books. I see collaborations. I see the way Dr. Um, Dr. Stevens had Carolyn, Dr. Carolyn Stevens has organized this thing. Her vision is so huge. I see us actually being a corporation, an yes. uh, actual building, and us owning some things. She's talked to me about banks and opening up uh, uh, businesses for the women. So the, the, what I love about her is the way she collectively is um, 
strategically picking out women with different gifts mm -hmm. so that every woman that can come into this movement will be able to have a partner because where I'm weak, she's strong. Where she's strong, I may be weak. So we come in and we collaborate and we pull some things together, but the ultimate goal is to let people know, hey, I am a black woman. Mm -hmm. And I'm made of strength. I endure it all. I have been through some things, but I'm still standing. I'm still strong. I own some things because me and my sisters have gotten together. And I can see us owning banks. I can see us owning schools. I can see us owning um, counseling um, yeah. programs and uh, reentry programs, which is my love, helping yeah. other women when they step out, go into the prison, also going back to give back. Mm -hmm. I see all of that. So this movement, movement, I can see us over in Dhabi Dhabi. I can see us in Hawaii. I can see us in Africa. I can see us going over preaching in the highways and the byways. I just see this as an international movement that mm -hmm. no person, and I do not mean no devil in hell or, yes. or any other place on this earth will ever be able to stop because we are mighty in numbers. Yes. We are mighty in numbers if we just stop the infighting. Amen. If we stop the infighting and we come together and we collectively do our thing, we have so many talents. You know, we have to change the record. It's no more Betty Wright record. We don't have to be singing about we we in love with somebody else's husband. It's enough men out here for all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have to accept the fact that, hey, I'll never be this or I've been married this many times and I'm going to get married again. I'm yeah. going to be Elizabeth Taylor of the marriages till I get it right is what I always tell everybody. <laughs> oh, wow. So God is truly amazing. Yes. Um, I see this movement as amazing. She, what I love about her is that she never tries to hover over your ministry, mm -hmm. but she never tries to cover up as if you don't have any talent. And she is the uh, owner of this. She makes sure that you shine. Like she says, when I rise, you rise, we rise. So you have to help each other rise up so that we all can rise up. When she rises, I rise, and then we rise. And yes. we rise high. We rise above all of the drama, all of the mess, all of the mischief, all of the things that the enemy try to throw at us, the mistreatment of one another. We rise above that. And that's the difference in this movement. We yes. are truly a sisterhood. And you got that right. You, I, I, and I've only, I've known her, I don't even want to say it's been a month. I think it's been maybe, I won't say at least a month and a half. And this woman has sold into my life in more ways than I can even describe. And just what you said, the support, the I, the I rise, we rise, all of that, I, man. And I see, I, I see a network. I see a network because we already yeah. talking about doing the network. So it's a done deal for me. I'm, I'm, I've already talked to, I even talked to my daughter to, uh, today, as a matter of fact, and I said, you know what? I'm going to have to make a trip to Atlanta because I'm going to have to meet all my sisters. 
I got to. It's got to be done. I'm so excited on um, yes. when I go down there and she laughing. She told my girl, you and my niece ain't going to get on my nerve. Because I mean, when, she, when I say not only do she sew into you, yes. she sews into your children. Yes. You know, me and her have had conversations about our children. She knows some of my struggles with my daughter, you know, before we started our ministry. Mm-hmm. And we talk about our mother and daughter ministry, you know, that we have. And we're actually doing a cruise next year for our ministry where we're talking about a mother and daughter's journey back to one another because we had some rough times, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the enemy's job, to kill, steal, and destroy everything. Not right. just what you, you know, and he uses the closest thing to you, which is your children, your husband, your mother, your father, whatever ain't covered, that's what he uncovers all of the mischief in. Yes. And my daughter was definitely that for me. And, um, you know, and, and when she came home, she was like, hey, who are you? You a pastor. I don't know you, mm. you know? And I was like, I'm still your mother. She's like, no, you talking another language. You ain't my mother. See, my mother cuts, fights, shoots, stab, punch, you know what I'm saying, and, and tear up the streets. That yeah. ain't my mother. My mother a hood mother. You know what I'm saying? And I was totally different. Yeah. And I was, you know, peaceful. And I told her, that's growth. That's growth because you stretched me. Mm-hmm. And like I said at the very beginning, going back to that, some things will shrink you. And some things will stretch you. Yes. And I said, whenever you walk in a room, if you shrink because another person walked in the room, then that's man shrinking you. But when you shrink, you lose so you can gain that stretching. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's so- when you know you're stretching. That's when you say, you know what? I'm going to become humble. Yeah. Yeah. So real quick, how can people reach you? I am under Trish Inspires You and the Instagram. My pages are Patricia with Vision. I'm sorry, People with Vision. Um, dot org is my actual website. People with Vision. Dot org, and my also my um, my regular page is just Patricia Johnson, Pastor Patricia Johnson, and then I have my business page, which is Reigniting Your Vision, and I purposely separated them so that when I do my end of the year stuff, I can keep my profit from my nonprofit. Right. But all three of those, anything you type in, you'll find me. Um, but one thing about me, I am still a black woman. Hey. So wherever you look and you see a black woman, there I am. Amen. <laughs> Girl, you is is on. It's on for real. I can't wait to meet you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Wherever yes. you see a black woman, I am she and she is me. So I am all over the globe. Just connect with another black woman and you are in connection with me. If she has the right spirit, I'm here. I'm there. Me and her are one because it's, it's, I'm, I'm 54 years old this year. It ain't about playing no games for me. I was talking to my daughter about that this morning. Game time is over. It's time to grow up. Mm-hmm. And it's time to get this thing right. I said, you always talked about, my, you almost half of 100. I said, guess what? I'm over that. And if you go by what man say, how long we going to live, it ain't much longer left. So my job and my, my thing is to teach you how to live without me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to teach you how to be a black woman 
in the United States of America and how to stand for everything and don't fall for nothing. Because when I leave here, I need for you to know how to be the black woman. Not that I was, but greater work shall you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, Pastor Johnson, it has been a blessing and honor to have you on my show today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule, because I know you busy, girl. But I appreciate you taking time out to come on to the show today. I mean, I just love to promote. I love to promote. I don't go rambling. People think I'm ignoring them, but I I don't believe in allowing a lot of stuff in my spirit. So when people want me, they always tag me and stuff because they say she ain't going to see it. Nope, because I ain't going looking for nothing that I ain't got no business looking for. But I purposely went on your page looking for, you know, so I could promote it um, and, and everything like that and make sure everybody knew that you was doing some awesome work out here by promoting black women and letting us know that, hey, we valuable. We may not have all that we want to have, but we got everything that we need right now. And I know that God said he is faithful and just, and he going to begin, he going to finish every good thing that he began. Yes. So I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm not rushing him to end it. I just know I want to be in the moment while yeah. I'm in him. Amen. I want to live in the moment and maximize every moment that I have left by celebrating my sisters, by sharing posts, making sure that you women feel just as special every day as the sun rises up on your face, that no matter what anybody say to you, that you know that you are beautiful, wonderful, and complexly made. And there is no other Althea. There is no other Patricia. There is no other Dr. Carolyn Stevens. We all are unique. So when, we, when one of us rides, the next one rides. But guess what? We all rise. Oh, yes, ma'am. Well, uh, it has been a pleasure and honor to have you on the show. And uh, we're going to have to continue uh, another conversation on on this subject because yeah <laughs> we're gonna have to definitely schedule another interview with you for sure but i thank you so much again for being on the show today you guys this is althea with wove inspirations monday morning motivation you guys have an awesome day god bless god bless I want to say that this is about more than a book. It's about the celebration of life. It's yes. about it's about the celebration of freedom. It's about embracing yourself as a black woman and not being ashamed to be called a black woman and embracing the beauty and the significance and the uniqueness of our culture. It doesn't mean that we don't embrace and love other cultures. We do, but we love ourselves just as much and I believe that we want women from other cultures to yes. read this book. We want you to understand what it's like for a black woman to be a black woman. What it's like for a black woman to navigate in a in a system that is ruled by white supremacy and white privilege and what that what that feels like for us so that we can have a level of cohesiveness between our European and Hispanic and Asian sisters. We want this book to liberate you, that when you read it, you find your story in one of those co-author stories 
and no longer live with the shame of that. But know that God has the power to rise you up from that, that you can overcome that obstacle, you can overcome that challenge and live a life of freedom and liberty that we want all women to know that our story is your story. Our voice is your voice. No matter whether you're the sister who's the CEO or the executive, or you're just the sister who's out here every day trying to take care of your kids and maybe you're on minimum wage. I am you and you are me. And we don't need to keep fighting each other, but we need to embrace each other and we need to love each other because at the end of the day, we're all black women and we all need each other. To purchase your copy today, go to www.iamablackwoman.net. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to Wove Inspiration. If you'd like to follow us, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at W-O-V-E Inspiration. If you want to leave a comment or question, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show, email us at woveinspiration at gmail.com. This is Althea Richardson. I hope everyone has an awesome day and keep moving forward.